Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your host, Chris Schubert, floating around as a producer of this thing. We're from the Draft Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering and information. They've got it all. Basketball, MLB, they've got esports, Vegas casino games, poker, football futures. They've got it all over at Bet Online. Super easy to use. Check out their new website. Uh, and if you do, you sign up today, we'll give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Foam Rolling Day to you. Oh, is is that what today is? National it Foam is, Rolling Day, I- which is a... a, a- lifesaver experience if you have not done it highly recommend. that's why i brought it up i i had options uh national receptionist day uh school nurse day third shift was it nas- day. is it also national like overreact to something you already knew based on a practice clip from your are you doing, social media why are you bringing this up why are you bringing this up no is, that was optional Tua Tagovailoa has not established himself as a deep NFL passer, and yet we're sitting here surprised that he underthrew a ball to Tyreek Hill. Uh, it's a surprise that the social account decided to send it out and act like it was a highlight. But why is why is this breaking? Why we, is anybody surprised to underthrew Tyreek Hill in practice in May when he was probably late and patted the ball and when he collected and and hitched at the top of his his play action like. No. Why is this a national headline today? It's because it's May and this is it's what so people dumb. do and react to it. It's it's the like schedule the schedule comes out tomorrow. Let's oh. talk about something interesting. You you're the you let off the I'm show not, with it. I'm, I'm not, trying to talk I'm about phone rollers. You. I'm ta- I'm not talking about yeah. you, but this really right. like I'm like what a, how on earth are we this entertained by what we already thought we knew? It's, the, it's, it's just nonstop. Everybody's going to talk about it. It's so dumb. Right. Miami didn't do themselves any favor by posting the video. It's it, it's um correct. What is the, what is the, there's the, the giants with Daniel Jones throwing flare passes, the fullbacks and they're like dimes or right. something like Rookie that. Camp, he was, yeah. It's <laughs> this was not that bad, but it was bad. It was. No. Bad. <laughs> All right. With that out of the way, uh, welcome yeah, we AFC way. West fans. We're going to talk about your division and your draft classes, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders. And um, you got some bells and whistles on this spreadsheet for the first time that forces us to be intellectually honest, huh? Uh, Yeah, it, it'll probably make it easier for <laughs> sorting at the end. Um, but what we did was we applied uh, values to each of the picks according to the trade value chart. So the and we did the old school Jimmy Johnson one. I know everybody kind of turns their nose up to that one now, and it's all there, there's all the different kinds of trade value charts attempting to quantify the value of draft uh, draft picks. Um, 
And Joe and I had our, as well as everybody else over at TDN, had their own respective set of rankings. And based on the order for our big boards, players received a corresponding value as well. And then we did some things to kind of normalize and, and emphasize the importance of your early picks versus your late picks. So like if you have a pick point discrepancy in a seventh round situation, it's not as big of a deal as having a point discrepancy with the number one overall pick and uh, try to quantify uh, according to everybody's personal draft boards where value was found. And then we took that at the end and um, I apologize, Joe, I'm going to be honest. I took that because that's what I did yesterday with the whole thing with everybody's rankings. And then I filtered by draft class to see what teams drafted most similarly to each TDN analyst's individual draft boards. Not to say they're right or wrong because players are going to have a chance to prove themselves out of the way, but just who drafted the most like whomst on staff. So yes, that those pick values are now available in the same chart that we've been using to, to track everybody's draft classes and our grades for them. All right. So I can tell you, I, I like the Nick Bonito pick much more than you did. I see. I see that not a numbers guy, but I see it's like 200 points discrepancy. Uh, for both of us there, but all right, I'll I'll uh, I'll announce the the Denver uh, draft class. Oh, you're, it's, go, you're um, going for it, great. Yeah, I'm so I'm sort of I'm not excited about this Iowa State player uh, whose name I'm going to have to say here in a minute. Come on, uh, but the Yay's shrine guy, you got it. I don't uh, Denver Broncos. Uh, <laughs> no first round pick in the second round. Nick Benito Edge from Oklahoma. Third round. Greg Dulcich, tight end, UCLA. Two fourth round picks. Damari Mathis, the corner from Pittsburgh. And uh, Iyoma Uwazariki from Iowa State, a defensive lineman. Three fifth round pick. Three fifth round picks. Montreal Washington from Samford. Luke Waddingberg, uh, lineman, offensive lineman, Washington, and then defensive lineman Matt Henningsen out of Wisconsin. No cornerback Fayon Hicks. Delarin Turner. Delarin Turner Yell was their third fifth. Oh, I missed Delarin. I'm Henningsen. Look at this. All right, I'm retiring from reading draft class officially. Fayon Hicks or corner, Wisconsin, seventh round. All right, Chris, I'm going to have to tag you in because I can't do them all. Although we only have five, seven more. In my defense, I did pretty good. That's my That was my first fumble. Maybe that was a premature retirement. No, you you were fine. You just skipped right. over Turner Yale. Which yes, because it was in my head about you got EY the hard Yoma. name to read and then completely right. skipped the next name. Right. I was like, yeah. oh, he's going to save Turner Yale for last. That's interesting. Um <laughs> Listen, I like what they did, especially when you consider they made the trade for Russell Wilson. They didn't pick till 64. They still managed to get two picks and and players who I think are going to be significant contributors for them this year in Nick Bonito and Greg Dulcich. Uh, According to my personal rankings, those were the two uh, picks that Denver made that I thought really stood out from like getting plus value versus my own respective uh, insights on the players and how I covet the players. So for Denver to get that kind of plus value at 64 and 80 when they had to wait all this time after the Russell Wilson trade, like I like what they did early a lot. And as should be the case, that really moves the needle for me for their draft class because your expectations for first, second, and third round picks is a little bit different than fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks. I'm excited about Matt Henningsen for them. A guy they got in the sixth round out of Wisconsin, a a freaky athlete, a defensive line move up and down the line of scrimmage, give them a kind of a unique player. And, you know, they've, 
I'm not going to say he's Shelby Harris, but I think disruptively, you know, kind of like there's some parallels to the way that they play the game. Um, yeah, Damari Mathis, another player like in the fourth round, versatile defensive back. And so I think this is collectively a nice job by Denver. You mentioned the top two guys. Just finding players that I think can help their football team without necessarily having a, a premium high draft pick, right? They didn't pick until 64 uh, was their first selection. And so uh, Benito, Dulcich, Mathis, I mean, Wattenberg is a late-round offensive lineman. There's a lot to like about this class and what they were able to do with a, a limited amount of capital. Uh, anything else on Denver? I guess a um, little surprised maybe they didn't try to draft a tackle, an offensive tackle. But, I mean, very minor gripe. Uh, they also seem to be pretty content with their off-ball linebacker situation. So, Baron Browning breakout season uh, lives. Let's get it. The Hive needs it. <laughs> I'm here for it. All right, so since Joe momentarily retired, I will do this monstrous Kansas City Chiefs class that had 10 picks in it, and uh, we'll go from there. I'll give you a chance to reconsider some life decisions. Joe, uh, Kansas City, two first-round picks, 21 and 30, traded up to 21 from 29. Cornerback Trent McDuffie, Washington. George Karloftis, uh, pass rusher from Purdue. And in the second more a second round at 54, they drafted Sky Moore, wide receiver, Western Michigan, and Brian Cook uh, at 62, safety from Cincinnati. In the third round, linebacker Leo Chennault. In the fourth round, Fayetteville State's cornerback Josh Williams. In the fifth round, offensive lineman Darian Kennard from Kentucky. And then they had three seventh-round draft choices. Defensive back Jalen Watson from Washington State. Running back Isaiah Pacheco from Rutgers and safety Nazi Johnson from Marshall. I really like what the Chiefs were able to get done. Um, kind of like the Packers, where you thought wide receiver was the thing they were going to do, but the wide receivers just didn't fall that way since so many of them went early. And, you know, for them to get the third cornerback off the board and Trent McDuffie moving up for him a little bit to, to secure him, it makes a lot of sense because we saw corner go three and four and then not again until McDuffie right at uh, 21 so uh, I like the fit there I think he's exactly the type of corners that have typically fared well with Steve Spagnuolo and that that defense and and I think it's uh has been a need for a while and I think he'll he'll really help that football team Carl Loftus is a sorely needed player on the edge there where Frank Clark's been really inconsistent uh, Melvin Ingram and, and Alex Okafor both expired contracts for them. And so I think they needed an infusion of young talent at edge. And, and Carl Loftus, I think, is a really nice fit as a heavy-handed power rusher um, that can be used in a lot of different alignments in this defense. And I think that Spags will take advantage of that. I think waiting on receiver and getting Sky Moore at 40 uh, – well, not at 43, at 54 is – a good job by them and not like overreacting to their need at receiver, like making sure they got good value, but still found an answer. Brian cook, a versatile DB that I, I think is going to help their situation there with, you know, Justin Reed and, and Juan Thornhill, a lot of, a lot of nice options that they can have with those three safeties. And then Leo Chanel, man, like they got some, some dudes there and Nick Bolton and Leo Chanel that can play downhill and really get, uh, 
blitz and, and fill the run. And, you know, obviously I like Josh Williams. So a, a lot to like here uh, in this Chiefs class. I don't want to like sit here and take up all the time, but I'm a big fan. Well, you, you went through what the first six guys, seven guys. So <laughs> I was like, all right, I got to uh, stop for saving the here. seventh round guys from here. Really yeah, what do you have us on uh, Nazi Johnson, the safety from Marshall? What, what, I, uh, I will bring something unique to the table and I will talk about this new layer that we have executed with uh, assessing these draft classes. I want to read everybody's top two values that Kansas City got according to everybody's respective boards. And I'm going to do it for all the guys on staff. I think this is fun. Uh, for me, Sky Moore at 54 was their best value pick. And then Darian Kennard, who we didn't love, but like we had ranked in the 80s. He was 88th on our consensus rankings. Uh, different people had different appetites for him as a player, as evidenced by him not being a consensus uh, best value based off the selections that Kansas City made relative to their own picks. Um, but Darren Kennard for me was my second best value, and then George Karloftis was their third best value. Uh, Joe, for you, Sky Moore was number one. Leo Chennault was number three. Trent McDuffie was number two. Right? So, I mean, we we just had five different names looking at names one and two. Um Keith Sanchez had Sky Moore as the best value pick, and then Leo Chennault as the second best value pick that Kansas City made in their entire draft. Brentley had Trent McDuffie as their best value pick relative to his rankings, and then Sky Moore was number two for them. And, and then Damian Parson had George Karloftis as the best value that they made, and then Leo Chennault as their second. So, like, everybody viewed their class a little differently, but everybody loved like multiple picks that the chiefs made relative to their own independent rankings, which is fun, especially because since we're grading from the outside looking in, like Kansas city saw a little something in line with what everybody on staff saw a little something of with, with their respective ranks. So that was a great layer you added, Kyle, a lot of creativity there, a lot of good information. Yeah, I had to come out of Kaiser ribbon angles. So. Yeah, I, I respect it. Did you know most people are paying too much on their auto loan? Dave used Auto Approved to refinance his car, replacing his overpriced loan with a cheaper loan and lowering his monthly payment. Now, since he saved with Auto Approved, he's sitting behind the third base dugout instead of the bleachers. Auto Approved connects vehicle owners with their best available rates to refinance their existing car loans with no markups ever and handles the paperwork, yes, even the DMV, making it simple to save thousands and pay less each month. How? By instantly accessing the nation's top lenders to uncover great savings. When you refinance with AutoApprove, you get your best rate and more with an advocate that works for you to make sure you get the best deal that's right for you. In fact, in 2021, AutoApprove was able to save their customers on average over $150 a month. That means more money for better seats, better snacks, or that new jersey you deserve. Not only will they save you on your monthly auto payment, but for all of our listeners that refinance through Auto Approve, they'll send you $100 cash to your mailbox. So what are you waiting for? Auto loan rates are historically low. Take your tailgate to the next level when you refinance with Auto Approve. Put more money in your pocket for what matters most. To find out how much you could save and to claim your $100 cash back offer, 
Visit autoapprove.com slash believe. That's autoapprove.com slash B-L-E-A-V. Uh, I'm ready to come out of retirement if, if you'll have me. Um, I'm going to try to do this Chargers draft class. Okay. Good luck. Motion to accept. You're good. Okay. All right. Here we go. Yeah, go ahead. The Chargers, first round, Zion Johnson, offensive lineman, Boston College. Third round, JT Wood, safety from Baylor. That's a player that we came on late in the process and really liked. Uh, fourth round pick, Isaiah Spiller, running back, Texas A&M. Wow, RB1 at pick 123. Good pick. Uh, defensive lineman, Otito Ogbanya, UCLA in the fifth round. Two six-round picks, Jamari Salyer, offensive lineman, Georgia. Jasir Taylor, defensive back from Wake Forest. Two seventh-round picks for the Chargers. Cornerback, DeAndre, or Dean Leonard, excuse me, out of Mississippi. Running back, Xander Hovarth out of Purdue. Man, to get a safety like JT Woods and that who was a player that we really liked and to get him at 79 and for that to be the pick that we liked the least out of your first three picks. <laughs> right. Zion Johnson and the the domino effect for the offensive line and how they're going to move Matt Filer presumably to right tackle and let Zion play guard. Home run. Congrats. You got better at two spots on the offensive mm-hmm. line with one pick. Uh, Isaiah Spiller. I guess – can we talk a little bit about Isaiah? Because we were we were very vocal on our thoughts on Isaiah. And sure. obviously the league kind of fell in line with some of the more consensus opinions that we had had out there and they were a little more apprehensive. What's the worst, like what's the worst case scenario for Isaiah Spiller? The worst case is that he's too limited of an athlete to challenge defenses in ways that put enough stress and he fumbles the football, I guess. So from a player perspective, I just watched this player because the Dolphins signed this player this week. Sony Michelle. You're talking about stylistic or like a like a career yeah, I mean, arc? In, in general, like profiling, because Sony's like not a dynamic athlete. He doesn't consistently create the kind of yardage that you would like him to. Uh he gets brought down by by tackles a little too easily. And that's not necessarily an issue I saw with Spiller, but like a guy who's fluid for his size, but is all one speed and therefore doesn't create the way that you would ideally like a player with his profile to create. Okay. I'm on board. Okay, great. Sony Michelle had 200 carries for 845 yards last year. Still plenty productive player. Well, and I, I think for, for the Chargers with Eckler, it's a really nice complement of skill sets. and For sure. Where I think you can get the best, the most out of both players that what they do the best in working them in tandem and preserve Eckler, who's really important for them in the passing game and as a perimeter runner where Spiller can bang between the tackles and really grind out tough yards. So I like that tandem, and I think the Chargers will be quite happy getting him at 123. Um, so we've got some physical players on, on day three too, right? I mean, Obanya and, and Salyer are guys that you think have a reasonable chance to, to be role players. Salyer is, I mean, probably both depth players. I know the Chargers, um, ability to stop the run is kind of a big point of emphasis. And I don't know that Obanya is going to fix that, but I know they've made other personnel moves 
And Albania yeah. is kind of like a nice flyer in the fifth round to take and see if you could develop him to consistently get his pad level down and anchor a little bit better. Yeah, one thing that I'll, I'll say here about the Chargers that I really respect is, you know, they they needed one player for their offensive line, or I thought they're really solid in four spots, and they prioritized that right where like other teams with young quarterbacks, we've not seen the type of attention needed to be placed on the offensive line like the Chargers have done, and and maybe that's because I think they spoiled the end of Philip Rivers' tenure with the chargers by not having the offensive line, right. And they, they corrected that with making sure Justin Herbert had what was necessary to start his career. But, you know, you've seen, uh, I'll call out the jets. I'll call out the bears um, as a couple of teams that haven't done enough, I think for the offensive line with their young quarterbacks. And I give the chargers a lot of credit for doing so. And even, even the, the Bengals until recently, you know, they haven't done enough for that offensive line for Joe Burrow. Uh, the Dolphins, to an extent, I know that they've invested a lot of draft capital in, in offensive line help, but it's not performed mm-hmm. to the level that it should. And I think a lot of that's coaching and not being able to develop the talent that they have had. But the point being that the Chargers have not taken that approach, and I give them a lot of credit. Yeah, they've, they've largely stayed ahead of it, right? Where some yeah. of the teams that you've mentioned, like Cincinnati, Cincinnati put all their chips on the table in offensive line this year. They signed everybody, right? Yeah. Not everybody, but they, I mean, Lyle Collins, Alex Kappa, Ted Karras. Right. Three starters. They, they were pretty assertive uh, to go with Jonah Williams, who's who's a former first round pick. The Dolphins, Connor Williams and Tron Armstead, like they they signed big money this year. The Jets uh, signed Lakin Tomlinson, who's obviously a transplant from the system. So you have high expectations for what you're going to get. Um, all kind of comes back to like, what are you ready for? And then what order do you choose to prioritize building an entire team? Right. Yeah. And for some of those teams who might not have been completely ready to onboard a quarterback, they got, they took that swing early and said, okay, now at the risk of instilling bad habits and creating damage from a psyche perspective, now we're going to go around the horn and get the rest of the team. Right. Uh, but we'll go around the horn here and, and finish this uh, this AFC West recap with the Raiders draft class. And I have a thought, but I'm going to let you start with what they okay. did. Okay, so they, they had six selections. They drafted Dylan Parham, offensive lineman from Memphis at 90. Zamir White, running back at Georgia at 122. Neil Farrell, nose tackle LSU 126. Matthew Butler, Defensive tackle, Tennessee, 175. Thayer Munford, offensive lineman, Ohio State, 238. And Britton Brown, running back, UCLA at 250. It's pretty clear what happened here, right? Interior O-line and D-line, running back. And I kind of called them out in our production meeting about the Raiders. I was like, hey, this team's pretty good, but I don't like what they had at defensive tackle. I didn't like what they had in the interior offensive line. And they went out and pretty much made that the theme of their draft class. And then, you know, they didn't pick up the fifth year option on Josh Jacobs and they get a really talented runner in Samir White. And, and you know, Josh McDaniels coming from uh, the Patriots tree, we know that they always prioritize having a, a pretty deep arsenal of running backs. And, you know, Zamir White accomplishes that this year, but also gives them a player that they'll have in place to potentially t- take over for Josh Jacobs if they let him walk in free agency. So, 
the Raiders had a very clear vision with what they wanted to get done in this draft. And I think they helped their team in, in the middle of the trenches on both sides of the ball where they really needed to. I want to ask you a question. Okay. If Dylan Parham played at a blue blood college football program, would you look at this draft class and would you look at this draft class and compare it to the last three draft classes and have any inkling that the criteria had changed? Oh, interesting. Um, that's a good point. George, LSU, Tennessee, Ohio State, UCLA. I'm sitting here. I'm looking at the players that they went after and the programs that they're from and even like their body types and the physical, like the, that Raiders offensive line that had Rodney Hudson and Richie Incognito and Gabe Jackson, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they still went out and got a bunch of ballroom brawlers. And I, I love it. I don't mean to say that disrespectfully or as a negative thing or shade or anything. This is one of my favorite draft classes, but I just think it's it's funny that we we all sat here and railed against the like if, if Dylan Parham played at Clemson, this would have been the Mayock Gruden <laughs> special, right? right? Like right. they're they're all the same kind of players, and it, but I like that that's the kind of route that they went because it still fits the DNA of what this team is, right? And oh, by the way, you got Devontae Adams, just like oh, by the way, the Chargers got Klumac. On top of all that. So are we going to rank the draft classes or are you going to let your data science speak for ourselves? I want to see how closely your eyeballs. I knew you were going to say match the numbers. Okay. Because I have it. Okay. And you did pretty well well yesterday because I called you and I was like, hey. who do you think your favorite three and least favorite three draft classes were? And you were very close. You got the bottom three within four guesses, and you got the top three within six guesses. Um, so I'd like I, you I to don't, order your favorite. Yeah, favorite. I don't think the math is gonna is going to mirror what I say, but just kind of the way I feel after the conversations we had about these draft classes. I'm going sure. one Kansas City two Chargers, three Denver, four Raiders. I, I guarantee that's not the order that I actually had it based on the math here. Okay. So one was Kansas City? Yeah. Kansas City was your eighth-ranked overall class, draft class according to drafting in accordance to your draft board across the entire okay. league. So number eight. Uh, number two was the Chargers? That's what I had, yeah. The Chargers were your number five ranked draft class in the entire league. Okay. Okay. So they're, they're flip flop from a value perspective, but there is context that deserves to be applied here. And and like we said, we did adjust these. We did weight early picks versus late picks. So the the value is not a true raw like output number, but because it's more important to get good value with your early picks because that's kind of where the standard expectation is on where you're going to get high level starters those picks do carry more weight. So this is not a a one for one. So this isn't to say you're wrong. And they were pretty close. Uh, The Broncos were three. Overall. No, I'm asking. Yeah, in my list. Yes, I had them three. Yes. The Broncos were 16th. uh, So they were middle according to just the adjusted value per pick. 
and the Raiders were sixth. Uh, so wow. according to the actual, with just the adjusted value per pick, Chargers one, Raiders two, Chiefs three, Broncos four for you. Which, listen, I would expect that relative to maybe not the Raiders being above Kansas City, but Denver at four when they didn't have the ammunition the other teams had. The Raiders happened to what? The Dylan Parham pick was like probably the best value pick on in the third in the third round. I mean, it really boosted them up. So I'm going to open this up uh, to all teams just because I want to quantify, like for you specifically, uh, the Dylan Parham pick. Four. Was the 13th best value pick in the entire draft. And that is Mm -hmm. with the weighted adjustment for that not getting the same point priority as first and second round draft choices. So that was a huge value that really swung it your way. All right, so you how do swing you... by tomorrow? Well, I was going to yeah. say real quick for me, and then we I know we got a bibbity bobbity boo out of here. Uh, Chargers one, Raiders two, Chiefs three, Broncos four. So we, I had Broncos at eleven. Uh, all four teams averaged positive value per pick against my draft board, which means they got, on average, a player that was valued more than the pick that they spent to get them across their entire draft classes. All four teams in the division. So th- this was a as was already a crazy crushed competitive it. division. Uh, but yeah, everybody crushed it. Everybody was in the top 11 for me against my rankings. So it's going to be the third, stink to be the third place team in the AFC West this year. I can right. tell you that. I don't know who it's going to be, but... <laughs> You're going to have a really good football team, and you're probably going to be pretty frustrated. So uh, we hope you're not frustrated with this exercise. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. We've got another one of these coming up tomorrow with the NFC West, uh, where we will have some good things to say. We won't be as glowing as we were for the AFC West. You're going to have to come back and find out why. Kyle Krabs, Joe and Chris Schubert, thanks for checking out Draft Dudes. Talk with you guys again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.